0: So in this episode, we're going to be looking at the witches' portrayal in Macbeth. So the play begins with the witches. This sets a supernatural theme from the start and puts the audience, who would have hated and feared witchcraft, on edge. The witches are immediately shown to be evil characters. The witches talk about Greymalkin Malkin and Paddock. These are a cat and a toad. People believe that witches had animal helpers to help them do their wicked deeds. Shakespeare relates to these characters to show the audience that they are wicked creatures. When the witches speak with Macbeth and Banquo, they only give them a little information. Macbeth orders them to to stay, but they disappear. And he says, stay, you imperfect speakers, tell me more. This shows that he cannot control the witches' actions or his own fate. The audience see them planning to meet Macbeth. This suggests that nothing that happens is accidental. The spirits that the witches conjure are their masters. This shows that supernatural beings or creatures control them. The witches often speak or work in threes. Throughout history, the number three has frequently been seen as a magical number. In Greek and Roman mythology, witches who talked about fates were in a group of three. In Norse mythology, there were also a group of three women who made predictions about the future. The rule of three is a pagan belief. It states that whatever energy witches put into the world will be returned to them three times. In Macbeth, the witches seem to be in a group of three and speak in threes to strengthen their power. The witches are also called the Weird Sisters. This has roots in classical mythology. The three Weird Sisters were the fates who knew men's destinies. So who or what are Grey Malcolm and Paddock? They are a cat and a toad. So now let's just try and recap some analysis of the witches. First off, we know that they cannot be controlled, as Macbeth orders them to stay, but they disappear. When he says, stay, you imperfect speakers, tell me more. They also conjure their masters, which shows that they're controlled by supernatural forces. And they talk about Grey Malkin and Paddock, who are a cat and a toad, as people believed that witches had helpers. So now let's look at the witches as a symbol of evil. The witches chant the line, fair is foul and foul is fair. This shows that the natural order of things is already being disrupted, and this will continue throughout the play. The natural order is disrupted because of the witches. Nature becomes harsher as there's lots of bad weather like thunder and lightning. The God-appointed king is murdered. Friendships are severed. Children are killed before their parents as Macduff's son is slaughtered in front of his mother. And Lady Macbeth takes her own life before her time. When Macbeth and Banquo first see the witches, Banquo doesn't know what they are. As he says, what are these so withered and so wild in their attire that they look not like the inhabitants of the earth and yet are on it? So this shows that the witches don't look human. Their clothing is withered and wild. And this suggests that they don't live like normal members of society. Banquo struggles to identify whether they are women or not. He says, you should be women, and yet your beards forbid me to interpret that you are so. So their unconventional, even ugly appearance is perhaps to remind the audience of how unattractive witchcraft was. Women who practiced it started to look inhumane. This shows Shakespeare conforming to the ideas of Jacobean England where the supernatural was feared and seen as unnatural. Those who practiced it were viewed as evil and the witch's ugly appearance may echo this apparent inner evil. So at the start of act one, scene three, the witches are talking about what they've been doing. The second witch says things like killing swine. This suggests that the witch has been harming animals. The first witch says a story about how she plans to torture a sailor whose wife refused to share her chestnuts. And she says, bitten a sieve of thither sail. And like a rat without a tail, I'll do, I'll do, and I'll do. Immediately, the, the witches are shown to be ruthless and evil. They harm things just because they can, because they cannot get their own way. The idea that one of the witches can sail in a sieve, as she says, in a sieve I'll the sail, is related to the accusations made against the Berwick witches. These were a group of people accused of trying to harm King James I when he returned with his new wife across the North Sea. Shakespeare made it very clear that these women embody all the evil doing associated with witches at the time. So in Act 1, Scene 3, the first witch says, In a sieve I'll dither sail. What's the sieve a reference to? That's accusations made against the Berwick witches. Now let's try and remember some signs about the natural order that's been disrupted in the play. So we know that the weather becomes harsher. But the God-appointed... King is murdered, that friendships are severed, children are killed before their parents, and that Lady Macbeth takes her own life. So in Act 4, Scene 1, the witches witches meet to cast a spell. This scene is full of exotic and revolting ingredients, including parts of people's bodies and bits of unusual animals. The charm that they chant is one of the most famous parts of the play. They say, double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn, and cauldron bubble. These lines are written in trochaic tetrameter, which is four sets of a stressed syllable followed by an unstressed syllable, syllable. Double, double, toil, and trouble. Shakespeare usually writes an iambic pentameter, so this highlights that the witches are unusual. This structure also shows that the witches speak in a different way to everyone else, that they are doing something incredibly important, as they stress these harsh sounds and repeat the lines themselves. This moment is almost a threat to Macbeth. They are chanting and aiming their spell at him, and it's a very powerful spell. So these lines also show that the witches' speeches and their intentions are full of double meanings. They are not what they appear, and they cannot be trusted. So if we look at the quote, double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble, which of these is true about these famous lines? They're from Act 4, Scene 1. The witches chant these lines as they cast a spell. They're casting a spell on Macbeth, and it's written in trochaic tetrameter. So now let's try and analyse that quote a little bit. So the context of it is that in the scene, we see a lot of exotic and revolting ingredients, such as parts of bodies and unusual animals. It's full of double meanings, which shows that the witches aren't what they appear and can't be trusted. And it's also written in trochaic tetrameter, which is four sets of a stressed syllable followed by an unstressed syllable. This is a break from iambic pentameter, which highlights the witches as unusual and shows that they speak in a different way to everyone else. So now let's look look at some of the signs that the natural order has been disrupted in the play one more time. We know that nature has become harsher, that the God-appointed king is murdered, that friendships are severed, and that children are killed before their parents, and that Lady Macbeth takes her own life before her time. And so what is another name for the Witches? That is the Weird Sisters. Now let's look at the Witches spell one more time from Act 4, Scene 1. So the Witches meet to cast a spell, and this scene is full of exotic and revolting ingredients, including parts of people's bodies and bits of unusual animals. So let's look at the, the relationship between the Witches and the Supernatural. They open the play, which sets a supernatural theme. They plan to meet Macbeth, which suggests that nothing in the play is accidental. They're called the Weird Sisters, which is a reference to classical mythology. And they speak in threes, which is seen as a magical number throughout history. So let's try and complete the lines that the witches famously chant. So it's double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. <coughs> So what's the significance of the number three in history and in the play? Throughout history, the number three has frequently been seen as a magical number. In Greek and Roman mythology, witches who talked about fates were in a group of three. In Norse mythology, there was also a group of three women who made predictions about the future. The rule of three is a pagan belief. It states that whatever energy witches put into the world will be returned to them three times. And in Macbeth, the witches seem to be in a group of three and speak in threes to strengthen their power. So what meter does Shakespeare use for the following chant? Can we remember? For double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble, using trochaic tetrameter. And the play begins with the witches. This sets a supernatural theme from the start and puts the audience on edge. The witches are immediately shown to be evil characters here. And that's all you need to know about the witches in Macbeth. If you found this episode useful and want to learn two times faster for free, head over to SenecaLearning.com or click the link in the bio to revise all your exam subjects for free.